It is the Line of Basketball Podcast, episode number 125. Fresh off of the Vegas games, the main event, I guess, is what they're calling it, which they've called it the whole time, and now I will call it that as well. Um, <laughs> nice of you to catch on. Yep. Illinois coming away with a split in Vegas, so uh, I suppose we should probably just get into the Virginia game. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're mad about a split here. Um, I mean, first, you know, season predictions, we had Illinois losing both of these. I think we – well. You had them losing, right? Both games. Uh, maybe. No, know. you had them beating Virginia, I think, but in the constellation. So close enough. I, um, I was, I was on point almost. But yeah, th- this is one of those losses that uh, you know it feels okay. Uh, they had a chance to win down the stretch. They ended up, you know, kind of fumbling it away, and uh, it's something you're going to learn from. But uh, like we always do, we'll get into the player of the game, our Pog. Um, we both went with Jade Nepps. For this game, uh, really good. Got to the basket pretty well. Um, had some fumbles down the stretch, along with some with some other guys, Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, I think Coleman had a turnover down the stretch. Um, but Jay Nepps, twenty seven minutes, six of thirteen from the field, two of five from three, fourteen points, four rebounds, two steals, zero turnovers. <clears throat> so really good um, handling the ball. He had the ball quite a bit um, towards the end of the game. Jaden was asked about what he learned from Virginia and his biggest thing was how hard they hedge on defense. Um, He said that that is something that he's really going to learn from. Um, And that's what Virginia does. They play tough defense. Uh, Surprisingly, Illinois only had three turnovers in the first half of this game. Uh, They ended up with 10 in the second half uh, for a total of 13. But, uh, you know, I was really surprised. But I thought Jay Neps was maybe, you know, the best player, if not the best. I know he's our player of the game. Do you, do you think anybody else could even be up there with him? Um, Probably not. I will say mm-hmm. this. I see a lot of people talking about how they think Epps should be playing over Sky, and I just I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Um, Sky I had th- a good game, like a yeah, low-key good game. I thought Sky played well. I mean, the thing that with Sky is he should he's consistent – um, he only had two turnovers. Sky only had two turnovers this game. Um, he had four the game before. Uh, Sky played 22 minutes. He was two for four from three, uh, two for two from the line, eight points, four rebounds, which, you know, four rebounds from your two point guards is a piece is pretty good, especially when you're number five. And I'm not going to speak ill of Coleman Hawkins because I know we made some guys mad on YouTube. Uh, apparently, we blew up on YouTube on the last episode. And I feel like Coleman Hawkins is one of those guys. He's so polarizing that you either love him and you're going to love everything he does, or, you know, you see his flaws and you call him out. And when you call him out, you're you're really going to make the guys that love him mad. So, um, but yeah, Sky, I just think Sky's too, he's too comfortable with the ball to not have him be your point guard. Um, and and I feel like he needs to look for his shot more. I feel like he he uh, you know yeah he, he has that step back, but his shot is so pretty. I mean, it comes off his hand well. Um, the step backs that he does, he did get to the lane and kind of fumbled one one time. But I, I just think Sky is is always going to be your point starting point guard. Um, now, if you have Epps and him both on the court, I think that's okay. Um, Brad ran some weird lineups in this game, I thought, but. You know, Brad does that sometimes. Uh, I guess the biggest news was probably how, you know, much Terrence Shannon Jr. struggled in this game. Um, Steve's here. Hey, Steve, what's up? Sky Clark needs to become the leader of this team for us to reach our peak. I, you know, I agree with that, but I don't know if, you know, Brad wants that. I think Brad wants Terrence Shannon Jr. or Coleman Hawkins to be the leader. Um but, you know, I, I feel like your point guard being your leader is huge. Um, so, I, so I do agree to some extent. Um, but back to Terrence Shannon Jr., 36 minutes. I believe that he played the most of anybody. Um, four of ten from the field, one of five from three. So not eight of nine like he was last time. Uh, you know, he got open looks. He got good shots. They just weren't falling. Sometimes that happens. 
Uh, he was 0 for 2 from the free throw line, so his free throws are really uh, slacking lately, uh, the last two games at least. Nine points, four rebounds, six assists, one steal. He had six turnovers, and after starting the first three games without a foul, he had two last game, and he fouls out of this game. So um, it seemed like uh, UCLA was kind of getting, you know, when they drove to the basket, they were getting the calls. And when Illinois drove the basket, they weren't. I'm not going to blame the refs for this game. I don't think the refs, you know, made that big a difference. Um, Sky Sky Clark closing out on that three on Vanderplas hurt. I don't know if that was a foul. Uh, I think I texted you 64 times. They should call him Vanderflop. Um, so I guess I think, I think it was a foul. That's but. my new nickname. Yeah, I think he might have cut under him. Um, and then I, I think the other questionable call was the hook and hold that they didn't even review. That I made know, no sense know, to me. I know Meyer sold it really hard, um, but I don't think that's a reason not to go look at it. Yeah. Uh, but and that's pretty much big plays that down the stretch that could have changed the change the game. I think on the broadcast they were pretty much saying that the refs pretty much, you know, oh, he sold it or he flopped, so we, we're not going to review it, which if you watch the replay, it was a hook and hold by rule. So yeah, I don't understand yeah. why they didn't do that. I don't. I, I feel like that's something that you have to look at, right? I, I don't understand how that's not something you look at. Yeah, you would think so. I don't I don't know. I mean. I've seen them look at hook and holds that aren't hook and holds. When, yeah. You know, so it just seems weird. Um, I felt like Terrence Shannon Jr., and Epps down the stretch kind of both tried to play their own game. Um, I listened to the uh, press conference afterwards and Coleman Hawkins was talking and he, and he said something like, we just tried to hit home runs, um, you know, and I felt like that was, that was fairly true. Um, especially with Terrence Sheehan Jr. And Epps uh, Brad said that they were supposed to run a play out of a timeout and Epps ended up just trying to take the ball himself. Um, and he said, you know, that's just something that they need to learn from. Um, Epps, he said that Epps was, you know, the best guy on the court in high school. And now he's not. And he's just got to kind of realize that you got to involve your team. Um, you know, they kind of went away from, from what they're good at in moving the ball and went into kind of, let me try to take this game over. So I think that was a, a big part of it. Um, I thought it was interesting. Brad said of Terrence Shannon Jr. after the game, he said, quote, good players don't have off nights in big games. You hardly ever see that. He needs to accept that role and become that guy for us. So, uh, I mean, that's, that is a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> like, I thought it was good. I mean, out of this world, ridiculous. Because, number one, how about you say great players? Because good players have off nights all the time in big games. True. Uh, True. And he, I think he defines Coleman Hawkins. I don't give an F about the YouTube comments. I hope they keep coming after us. <laughs> yeah, Coleman Hawkins, literally, if he's defined as a good player, he <clears throat> has off nights in big games. He's a like great player. One out of every three. According to. 90% I think that's probably fandom. That is very bizarre that people feel that way, but I think it's like a yeah. thing where like you're not even <clears throat> watching him defend, or you're not, you know, paying attention to him defending. But since everybody else is saying how great of a defender he was in this game, everyone's just going to jump on that train. And I'd like to watch it again to see how it really was, but I feel like we're overdoing that entire thing. Yeah, uh, Zachary says inexcusable. Underwood doesn't call any sets in the final two possessions. Epps hero ball, isn't it? I don't know if you just heard me, if you just came in, but he did, he did call a play. He said that he called a play um, and Epps decided to take it on himself to, to win the game or try to win the game or play hero ball. Um, Underwood said that he called a set play. So, and, and he said that it, like I said, it's a learning moment. Um, so hopefully they will learn from that. Uh, Steve says the last three minutes is why sky needs to run the team. I agree. That's that's why you have a point guard, right? That's why you want a point guard. I know that, you know, there's this theory out there that everybody on Illinois can handle the ball. I'm going to, I'm just going to be blunt. Terrence Shannon Jr. is not the greatest ball handler, especially when he has a guy like Beekman on him that's going to poke and prod and do everything else. Coleman Hawkins, not the greatest ball handler. RJ Melendez, not the greatest ball handler. 
you you need a guard well, to help set up your plays. They're all capable of dribbling the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they I do can dribble well. basketball though. <laughs> well, I'll say this. <laughs> Epps is the size of a point guard, but he's much more of a shooting guard to I me. Mean, like if you watch in I rhythm, agree. in rhythm, him able to shoot those threes that he made, that's in rhythm. That's not really off the bounce type of stuff. Move the ball around the perimeter, find the open shooter. Since you watch the way that Virginia defended Epps said it himself. Uh, you're getting open looks in some of those spots, and they're hedging you yeah. know, too far off. They did that multiple times, and I think Illinois didn't take advantage of that. I think this kind of – I'm not going to blame this game on Brad, um, but I will say I think there's a bit of a difference between Tony Bennett having a day to prepare for a team and Brad Underwood having a day to prepare for a team. <clears throat> well, and that's why I texted you at halftime, and I said, does Bennett outcoach Underwood in the second half? <clears throat> I don't know if he outcoached him no. particularly – but I felt like Virginia was definitely the more aggressive team. He outworked. Half. He outworked the refs over. And I think I think uh, Kia Clark was a bit. You know, I mean, you could tell he started pressuring Sky Clark. Probably that was probably a charge um, on that one play. I don't. You know, I think Kia Clark probably fouled him three times before that. But um, <clears throat> I, you know. I don't think that Brad got out coach this game. I think that his no. guys tried to take over the game and not listen to what but the coach was saying. Virginia always plays defense like this, and I think he could have come up with a better plan um, to, to score because, against that. But are because, they going to execute? That's true. I Because I think that Bennett did have a better uh, scoring plan uh, execution. Um, he started going uh, baseline in screens out of, from the baseline. Um, it got Franklin open a bunch. It got Beekman open a bunch, and you know, ten turnovers and, and a lot of runouts. So, uh, <clears throat> Coleman, I I said I wasn't going to talk ill of him. I didn't. We haven't really. We're really not going in order or anything. But thirty minutes for Coleman, four for nine, two of five from three. Missed his first three. Kept shooting. Glad he got those other ones to go down. He had a nice move in the paint. Um, 10 points. This is what I'm going to complain about. One rebound. One. Coleman Hawkins. I said it in, in the in the last podcast about the UCLA game. Coleman Hawkins needs to be a 15 and 10 guy. I don't care if he's a 5 and 10 guy. Coleman Hawkins needs to be pulling down 10 rebounds a game. If he's going to be our five and he's the, such a great defender, you get a rebound too. Um, again, I thought Coleman had a good game. I, I have not, no ill will against Coleman this game except for the one rebound. Um, he did have two blocks or three blocks, uh, and uh, he had three turnovers. But you know, everybody was kind of everybody that's not, you know, uh, Epps or Sky all had three to six turnovers so it is Meyer Meyer yeah um the and I am I am gonna say this the only thing that kind of annoys me about Coleman Hawkins is when he makes a three and you're still down two just just run down the court man just run down the court so did, did he was that quote that I saw on Twitter real where he said our freshmen can't be freshmen yeah that is so ridiculous like our juniors can't be freshmen either Coleman your thoughts <laughs> I mean it's, it's absurd to act like the freshmen, like the freshmen are probably as a group the biggest reason that they went one and one in Vegas. Sincer Harris in the first game. Now, yeah, Shannon obviously is the biggest reason for that for that game. Uh, but Sky Clark played really well, I thought, in both games, especially mm-hmm. this game. Epps yeah. was great in this game. Ty Rogers, I think he's still trying to figure out his role. Um, yeah, Ty Rogers was, you know, he's kind of been a question mark. I mean, I know he plays hard. But he, I don't think he gives you much on offense. Um, I don't think and, we really expected him to, though. Yeah, know? but I mean, like assists, things like that. Yeah, he'll um, probably have a double double against <clears throat> Lindenwood. Now that we're talking. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Lindenwood. Uh, Crypto says, "I think they just haven't established who the go-to guy is yet." Do they need to? That's the thing. Is they? That's the thing. Is Illinois is better when they don't have a go-to guy, they're better when they move the ball and it's not one-on-one or hero ball or whatever you want to call it. IO um, ball, which worked IO ball, by the yeah. way. Cause IO could, IO was the guy. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like this team's built different. And I, and I think the guys know that too. I think, I think they understood after the game 
You know, I mean, Colin Augustus, for as much crap as I give him, I, there's no doubt in my mind he has a great basketball IQ. He he speaks well about the game, and he know, he kind of understands it probably more than anybody else on this team. Um, execution sometimes lacks, but uh, Matthew Meyer, 23 minutes, two for seven, uh, 0 for two from three, four points, four rebounds. He uh, he's still taking shots that you kind of wonder why. Um, he had that one down low where he got just, I mean, didn't even have a chance against Cafaro. Uh, <laughs> tried to try to hit that. He had a layup, but uh, and it you know ended up with Beekman running running down the court and slamming one down. Um, but I, you know, Meyer is a guy that's going to go out and try to score buckets. Uh, Brad said in the post game that he sat Meyer too long because Meyer's a guy that can go out and score. So, um, <laughs> I I like it. You know, I think I think that ball movement's good with Meyer, except when he decides that he's just going to pull up green light. You know, but he said he said that he should have he should have sat Danger more and played Meyer more because the ball was moving better when Meyer and Coleman and those guys were in the game than when danger was in the game. They also have no clue how to use danger or get him the ball. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, you know, and, and to the guys on YouTube, they, that call this out. I understand that Coleman Hawkins can throw an entry pass into danger, but three times a game doesn't matter that much. I guess six points is six points, but. Uh, Steve says they don't need a go-to guy. They need a guy to run the offense. This this comment is on the money. Yes. Uh, because let's think of teams that think of teams that have been successful, especially in March the last few years. Kansas, did they really have a go-to guy? I know Agbaji was their big scorer, but they could use McCormick. They could use their guards. They could use Agbaji last year. North Carolina, same thing. I know Caleb Love wanted to be the guy and literally shoots way too much. But they also had R.J. Davis make big shots. They had Baycott. They had Manic. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of teams that win down the stretch. It's not the teams with the one or two All-Americans, which we've seen Illinois have two years ago. They had two All-Americans, and they didn't go anywhere in March as a one seed. So Zach says that's two games in a row. Brad has admitted to mismanaging minutes. What coach on the bench is managing the rotation? You're not wrong. Like I said, he's, he forgot Sincere was there. I think he might have forgot Sincere was there the second half this game. So I'm pretty sure he didn't get put in until the last 50 seconds. I think um, maybe he's trying to get used to the fact that he has actually has nine he playable has, players. Yeah, he's got to go nine deep. But also yeah. when Luke Goody is back, it's Luke Goody has hard. to play. Like Luke Goody absolutely has to play. Yeah. And I think the guy who's going to lose the most minutes if things stay similar to when Goody is back is going to be Rodgers. Yeah. So – Yeah. But Luke Goody has to play. I think mm-hmm. Luke Goody would be – I mean, I can also see if RJ keeps, you know, on this trajectory, maybe yeah. Goody takes his minutes. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, RJ had 27 minutes, so it, it might be the most minutes he's played this year. I'll uh, check. He, he was three for seven, two of four from three. He had a steal and two turnovers. Again, he tries to go to the, go to the hoop, um, and it's it hasn't been successful yet this year. Um, but, you know, it, it's he, all learning – um, I, I wrote this down and it's probably going to piss some people off. Uh, I, I did go back and watch that play where RJ got taken out and got his ass chewed. He was standing at the other end of the court while all the other guys ran down the court. So deservedly so, I guess, um, I felt like there was a point in this game where he was trying to switch with Coleman because he was on like Kafaro or something and Coleman wouldn't switch. And then Coleman gets scored on and then turns around and yells at RJ. I feel like RJ gets like the brunt of not only Brad, but Coleman too. So I don't know if there's something there. Um, I hope they get along and I'm not trying to say they don't. So don't say that I'm, you know, starting drama on the team, but um, yeah, RJ, he, he wasn't bad. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. You know, he had some, the defense is kind of, I just feel like he's the one that gets out of place on defense or he's the one that everybody says gets out of place on defense. I don't see it as much 
as them. But again, I don't know exactly how Illinois' defense is supposed to be. Brad hasn't called me and said, hey, dumbass, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. That's why I yell at RJ all the time. So maybe he's just taking out the fact that he's pissed that Goody is hurt. <laughs> I now believe Underwood was serious about losing a starter in Goody. Yeah, I said that after the first game when Illinois went three of 37 from three. So, um, Danger, we talked about him a little bit. Uh, talk about him a little bit more. 18 minutes, two of five from the field. One of two from the free throw line. Uh, the one he made was to put Illinois up 58-56 or 58-56, I think. And then Virginia went on a 13-point run. Um, six rebounds and a steal. Five points. I felt like Dane Danger finally found out what it was like to play real bigs. Um, between Caden Shedrick and Francisco Cafaro, a 6'11", 7'1", uh, duo. I, I I felt like Illinois struggled to get him the ball first, but when he did get the ball, he did have some nice moves. Um, he missed a little baby hook towards the end, um, which I thought was kind of out of control. Um, Brad said it was a good look, good shot, just didn't fall. So again, he's a head coach at Illinois. I'm just some guy that talks on the internet. So um, right. I think Dane Danger's first touch and I think I texted you during the game was with two minutes to go in the first half, which was shocking to me. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have to see how he does against the bigs, the big bigs. Um, and, you know, Illinois switching on defense. And, and I, I guess, I don't know why I keep, I just keep bringing it up because I read the comments, but YouTube, the guy, there was one guy that said, uh, 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 Hawkes, yeah, really dominated the game eight for 22 against Coleman Hawkins. Illinois switches yeah. all the time. Coleman Hawkins didn't guard him for 38 minutes of the game, dude. All right, and he made some huge shots when you said it was leading. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, he was eight for 22, but I feel like you know, he made yeah. some big shots. Need more scoring from others besides Shannon Jr. He's not putting up 25 to 30 every game. Yes, I agree. Um, I think the defense can keep them in the games. The thing is, Terrence Shannon Jr. had nine points this game, and Illinois still had a chance to win it. So that's that's got to be a great takeaway in itself. Um, Rodgers and Harris, we talked about them a little bit. They played eight and nine minutes apiece. Um, and uh, I consider them maybe well, two of the best defenders on the team, you know, minus Coleman Hawkins. Um, and I, I maybe Ty Rogers just didn't play that good a defense in this game. Um, I, I told you Illinois probably wasn't going to press. I don't think they pressed much this game. Um, I mean, Illinois press, I maybe picking up full court a little bit, but it wasn't like what they did against UCLA in the second half. So, um, sincere ended with three points, two rebounds, an assist, and a block. Rogers had three rebounds and two fouls. So, you know, what's interesting to me. Ty Rogers played 23 minutes against Eastern, 21 minutes against Kansas City, 28 minutes against Monmouth. And then they go to Vegas. He plays seven against UCLA and eight against Virginia. That feels like a significant drop-off. Yeah, it is. And I don't know the reasons for that. Uh, he obviously had a lot more rebounding prowess in the first three games. I thought he rebounded well in this game, given the fact they had three rebounds in eight minutes. You know, that works. He, did, he does foul a lot, I guess. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's getting a couple fouls every game. Um, but it's, you know, I think there's a reason why he's losing minutes. I think the other freshmen are taking minutes away from him yeah. a little bit. And uh, I think that I think that he just – he I feel right now he's a liability on offense. Um, yeah. He, you know, I, he, he tries to take it to the hoop and he, and he throws it away or does things like that. I, I just feel like he's – He's too much of a lie. I don't feel like his defense is good enough to make up for his liability on offense, um, which I think that he'll get there. I mean, he's really good when he's looking to pass and he's really good around the basket. He's just, he's not big enough to play the five. Um, and, and some of those times he's coming in, he's playing the point guard too. So that kind of, kind of makes a difference. Jay says, need more from Meyer. Averaging six a game isn't going to cut it. 
Need about 10 to 12 from him. Fair. Fair. Um, not going to disagree with that. Uh, Meyer, but like I said, um, you know, Meyer probably needed to play more down the stretch. Brad said they needed to play more down the stretch. So um, if if he's not in, he can't score, I guess. It's not like he it's not like he shot the ball bad this game. So um <clears throat> other notes and quotes we got here coming up for you. Um I already talked about some of this stuff, but Illinois took that uh two-point lead with 327 left. And I just wrote down, you know, what Virginia did on their 13-0 run. Um, and that was over the next three minutes and 12 seconds. So Illinois didn't score again until the 15-second mark when Sky made that three. Um, during that stretch, Illinois had three turnovers. Uh, two was Terrence Shan Jr. One was Coleman Hawkins. They went 0 for 5. Uh, Terrence Shan Jr. missed a three. Um, Epps missed two shots. Like we said before, Epps felt like he needed to take over the game and didn't. And then Danger missed two shots. So, uh, you know, just just lack of lack of finishing, and that's that's kind of the big thing. You know, Brad said about this game that this was a great learning experience. Um, he thought Illinois' defense was good, <clears throat> and he's and uh, so it's just trying to figure that out with these guys. Um, the foul differential was pretty big in this game. Um, other than that, all the stats are pretty similar, but uh, Illinois shot nine free throws while Virginia shot 32. Um, so it was, Virginia was plus 21 from the free throw line. And Illinois, I mean, they were within a basket of winning this game. So, I mean, I know they wasn't at nine-point deficit, but at one point or down the stretch, they could have been. So yeah, the other stats, uh, 37, 34 on rebounds. I thought Illinois got out rebounded this whole game. So I was actually shocked. This was only three, three, uh, difference. Um, but Virginia won that by three Illinois led assists 11 to 10 Virginia led steals eight to five Illinois led blocks four to two and Illinois had 13 turnovers and Virginia had 12. So Fairly similar game, except for the charity strike. But. Which Illinois can't make free throws anyway. So if they had 32 free throws, they probably would have made like 14. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just got some quotes from Brad to finish this up. Um, Brad said, quote, I thought defensively both teams really dialed in. Both sides forced each other into some adjustments. I was excited for the learning curve today. So I, I feel like that was pretty right. Uh I, you you almost perfectly guessed this game. What do you say? 73-68 or something? Uh something like that. So somewhere that you know, yeah. You were close. Um and then he was asked what he learned from the tournament and Brad said, "Quote, we are pretty good. We are going to be really good, not even close to our ceiling." Um I think he told the guys in the locker room they posted a thing today that this team is going to be great. So Take that into account. And, you know, it would have been nice to take that belt home, but it's okay to lose this game. They learned a lot. Brad said, quote, you barely ever hear me happy after a loss, but I am in a fairly good place. So Brad was okay with it. I think Illinois was okay with it. Did it suck to lose, you know, being out there in Vegas? And then he had to sit there and watch UCLA and Baylor play yeah it did and everybody from i'd say 95 percent of the illinois fan base left after the game so no college yep. hoops for illinois fans interesting move interesting yeah. <clears throat> um did you know that sky clark is shooting a hundred percent from the free throw line i'm not shocked i'm not shocked how about that dude style? his shot is so it is so pretty like it just uh it might be one of the prettiest shots I've ever seen. Let me just run down. And, and the, he's got to uh, look for it. I wish he would just look for it more. I mean, he took four shots this game. They were all from three. You know, Epps is stealing all the shots. Um, Epps is getting to the basket. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't complain about what Epps is doing. I yeah, mean, he's I agree. getting to the hoop. So Free throw percentages. Stretch, Terrence Shannon Jr., 70. Got to be better. Dane Danger, 43. And he was probably, what, 90% going into Vegas? 
probably around 85. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> in that area. Uh, Dane Danger, 43% expected. Probably a little bit better than this, though, eventually, I would think. Yeah. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, 63%. As long as he keeps making the front end, I think we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Coleman Hawkins, 63%. Not too bad. I mean, 7 for 11. Sounds better than 63%. Yeah. Uh, Sinster Harris was maybe the worst. Him and Ty Rogers, com, com, you know, really, they're both one for six from the free throw Which line. is crazy because I think Sincere's shooting 50% behind the arc. So. Yeah, he is shooting, uh, yeah, five for 10 from three. But uh, they're both shooting 16%. Sincere just uh, goes like this and sees it's what happens. Pretty, yeah. And then Ty his Rogers. Free, like his, his shot from three is really pretty. But his free throws look funny. I don't know. There's something about it. Jaden Epps, 83%. He's only missed one. Sky Clark, 100%. RJ, 80%. He's only missed one. Meyer, 75%. He's only missed one. So pretty clear that the fact that they have a, uh, 24 combined missed free throws from Hawkins, Danger, and Shannon, that's hurting. Everybody else other than you know Harris and Rogers being two for 12. Outside of that, Sky, Epps, Melendez, Meyer have combined for three misses. So... It's clearly not – I think it's a team issue, but I don't think it's, like, as many players as we think. Like, I feel like <sighs> the fact that it's only, like, five players, I feel like it's more like seven with how bad they've been. Yeah, and, I mean, I think you – I think the only one you expect to maybe shoot – I mean, Coleman should probably shoot better from the line and Sincere, I think, are the only – I mean, Ty, you've seen Shannon? his shot. Taren, what's he at, 68? 70. 70. Yeah, I'd, I'd like, like it to be, be a little like higher 80. than that. Yeah. would be nice. Well, he's also shooting 61% from inside the arc and 48% from three. Jay says Vanderplus, Vanderflop, uh, 0 for 3 from the field, 10 rebounds, 8 of 9 from the line. Wow. Yeah, uh, if you read Ethan's uh, – po- he, he, so he's writing for Shy City Sports. Yep. All right, dot com. Um, so he puts out like a post game, and Vanderplus was one of his – three studs so he does three i mean studs. he had a huge impact on the game. yeah i had felt like he was getting every rebound under under the five minute mark and he was, he was making all the free throws and he was hooking holding you know so yep and he was falling he down doing. after making a th- or missing a three you know, so the uh the, the big center uh what's his name again uh shedrick cedric uh yeah, he you know decided to elbow our point guard in the mouth within the first two minutes, and that was pretty good. Then Vander Flop tried to take off Meyer's arm. So. Well, what Frischilla said on the broadcast <clears throat> with the elbow is like he's got to learn. Like when you're playing a team like Illinois that switches a lot, you're gonna have guards on you. You got to be careful with the elbows, there, son. That's yeah. pretty much what he said. Well, uh, I, and I think he he threw somebody down before that too, if I remember right. But. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Seeing if Louisville can get to 30 points. There you go. 31 points with four minutes left in the second half. Uh, Brilliant. But I think Vanderplas, that's one of the most impactful performances from a guy that didn't make a shot that you're going to see. Yeah. So that's like something that I could see Sincere doing somewhere in the season is like scoring zero points, but having like five steals, you know, that type of stuff. Eight assists or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Illinois, Lindenwood. Bit of a step down in competition. This is Lindenwood's first year as a Division I school i know their hockey team beat somebody that they shouldn't have beat i can't remember who was maybe (laughs) michigan or minnesota um but anyway illinois coming in four and one they go up to 16 the ap top 25 we say it all the time on this show that poll does not matter there's a bunch of morons voting for that um number one number two what baylor dropped two spots uh i think they're at seven were they at five yeah i I told you we needed ucla to win that game I was cheering for him. We needed all the Illinois fans to stay and root for UCLA. The reputation thing for Baylor. That's why they only dropped a couple spots, and they were also way higher ranked. But uh, what were they? Were they five? Uh, Baylor, I think, was five. Yeah, and they're now seven. Yeah, yeah. And then UCLA went to what eight to nineteen, and then Virginia went sixteen to five. Yeah. So Illinois had the smallest move, but that's, or I guess the second smallest move other than Baylor, but whatever. Um, four and one on the season. Lindenwood's two and four. They do play tomorrow against Idaho State, which is on paper a game they should win. I don't know if they will. Uh, <laughs> this is Friday night, 8 p.m. So while everything else is going on, you got to watch this on Big Ten Plus. 
there's actual good sports going on Friday. So then we have to watch Illinois commit murder on television against Lindenwood. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, this is a step down in competition to ramp back up. I suppose if you think Syracuse is ramping it back up, Syracuse is not good, but then they go to Maryland, which looks like a, a tougher game by the day. And then the Jimmy V classic with Texas, who's number four now coming up in early December. Sack says the media is too proud to admit they over underrank anyone. Yeah, I think North Carolina is a big sign of that. I think they're Ooh. stupid. Also, but. would be my also uh, my thoughts. I mean, there's yeah. a guy. I saw somebody. I saw somebody on Twitter getting into it with somebody else about how North Carolina hasn't lost, so you can't move them down. Like it's the beginning of the season; they had nothing to base it off of. Now they do. Please they had to base it, it off of the fact that they were a bad team until March last year, and then they made it to the national championship game. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, they lost Larry Bird. I mean, if the team loses Larry Bird, you're going to take a bit of a step back. That's true. Anyway, Lindenwood, like I said, 2-4. and four. They lost to Dayton by 27. They lost to Mizzou, an old friend, by 29. They lost to Lamar, who's number 358 on Ken Palm, by 2. They lost to Western Carolina in overtime, who's number 266 on Ken Palm by two. They beat a school named Hannibal LaGrange, not a D1 school. They beat them by 27, and they beat McNeese State. Hannibal a few times. There you go. (laughs) They beat McNeese State, who's number 351 on Ken Palm by 18. So first season in D1, they're in the OVC. This is Illinois. Illinois, like the the size advantage in terms of height is ridiculous. Yeah. Like Lindenwood's top tallest player is six foot nine, and he's played less than 10 minutes in every game except for one. Yeesh. So, yeah, here's their lineup uh, Kevin Caldwell, point guard, five foot 11, 20 points, nine assists versus Western Carolina. Uh, then they have Chris Childs, who's a six foot two guard. He was the leading scorer this uh, season. Nice name. Uh, Brandon Trimble, six foot two guard. I don't know what to put here, is why I wrote for him. Nothing really special there. <laughs> And they have David Ware, six foot five, who I would assume is a guard, but I feel like he's not going to be able to play like a guard in this game. So, yeah, uh, he's shooting 75% from three, three for four. Pretty nice, pretty big sample size. And then uh, the guy that's starting at the five for them is Cam uh, Burrell, who's six foot seven. Six, so seven center. Forward. They think they're the Warriors, I think, would be their like Draymond Green playing the five. He had wow. 24.7 rebounds against Western Carolina. So, I mean, if Illinois can't run the floor and Dane Danger can't drop 25 in this game, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? Uh, Ken Palm numbers, Illinois, 36th in adjusted offense. Lindenwood is 332nd. Adjusted defensive efficiency, Illinois, 16th, which is one of Underwood's best numbers in Illinois other than 2021. Um, Lindenwood's 339th. And then adjusted tempo, Illinois, once again, this is Underwood's best adjusted tempo team at Illinois and his entire career to this point, 13th right now. I think the only closest one at Illinois was like 52 in tempo, and that was like 2018. So that was like early, early first Underwood first season, I think, at Illinois uh, when they were terrible. And then Lindenwood's 127. So they'll get out and run a little bit, probably because they have yeah. a bunch of small guards. Yeah, what else, what else would they do? It's not like they're, they're going to have to do what Monmouth did to Illinois. Slow it down. Um Player to watch. Players to watch. Oh, players to watch. Here we go. Um, I'm going to go with Dane Danger. Um, you said it. Their biggest guy's six seven. So uh, I hope he throws his inner thighs on somebody's face. Um, and then I'm going to go with Kevin Caldwell, five uh, eleven guard. Uh, you know, I'd like to see Coleman Hawkins get put on him a few times so he can get a few blocks. Um, and I will say this: I <clears throat> we were at the at the UCLA game, UCLA game, Jay Neps is guarding a guy because, you know, Illinois switches everything. And I can't remember who he's guarding. It had to be like Bona or somebody. And uh, and I'm I'm screaming, help him, help him. He's 5'6". Being, uh, you know, sarcastic, whatever. And the guy next to me goes, oh, he's 6'2". Like, yeah, well, that guy's 6'11". So 6'2 really don't <laughs> matter, does it, buddy? All right. Anyway. So what you're saying is the Illinois fans are stupid. Uh, some of them. <laughs> I very much agree. I think it's more than some of them as well. But anyway, uh, we, I'm going to go. We might be in that category though. So we probably are. <laughs> I'm going to go Terrence Shannon Jr. I just think following up, you know, a, a, a lackluster performance, just get that confidence back, yeah. start making some shots. I mean, he can do 
a flyby with any of these guys. So I think he's going to get to the rim easily. I think he'll probably shoot 12 to 15 free throws in this game, if not more. Hopefully he makes more of them. And then I'm going to go with Cam Burrell, who is going to be tasked with uh, being a six foot seven guy playing the five against a team with. I'd like like, to see Coleman, you know, play the, you know, work the five more in the post too, in this game. Uh, This is like RJ Melinda. Like I said, he did have, you know, a nice little Jump back in the lane. I mean, it wasn't really a post-up move, but um, I like to see him. You know, work work as the five a little bit more. But yeah, I know if he's you, not a true five. Don't come at me. I know he's not a true five. Okay. If All you right. want to watch, if you want to watch uh, <clears throat> Lindenwood basketball, or if you want to compare it, just have RJ Melendez play the five because that's what this pretty much is. So, um, yeah, should, he's going to have some issues, I think, on the defensive end, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, predictions. Yeah, I think Illinois is putting up a hundo. Uh, 105.52. Thanks for coming out, Lindenwood. Uh, everybody go get your $10 tickets. I think they went on sale today. Uh, you can go watch Illinois spank a – are they D1? D1 team. They are, yeah. I'm going to switch mine now. I'm going to say uh, <laughs> 108 to 48. I think okay. it's going to be even worse. Right. I'm going to say Illinois wins by 60, which would be – they they beat St. Francis PA by 57 last season. I think they'll I think they'll outdo that. Live updates. Live I'm update. gonna say yes. I'm gonna say uh yeah, 60 point win. And I'm gonna say Terrence Shannon has 30. I'm gonna say Dane Danger has 25. I'm gonna say one of the freshmen has 20. So and I'm gonna say Coleman Hawkins might even have like 15 points, and he heard you talking about rebounds. rebounding. He might have 12. If he doesn't get rebounds. 10 rebounds against six seven, whew, I'm gonna be mad. Well, anyway. they switch a lot, so he's not always gonna be rebounding over the six seven guy. It could be over <laughs> one of the other guys, and, uh-huh. you know. And uh, yeah. I mean, he shut Hawkins down one versus yeah. one the whole time. They were playing against each other the entire time. Uh, anyway. Uh, around the Big Ten real quick here. Uh, the Big Ten, a lot of people talking about it, how everybody was quote-unquote wrong about the Big Ten, which I thought these determinations were made in March about whether we were wrong or right about a conference. I didn't know we were doing it in November. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter, though. Do you view any of the six Big Ten teams as an actual threat to the final to get to the Final Four? Because I don't. Maybe Illinois. maybe Illinois with their ceiling, and that just sounds biased if we say that. But I think that's what <laughs> we're saying. I agree. Um, Indiana is like elite eight uh, ceiling, maybe if they. Well, and that's. I thought it was funny. I did see a comment on Twitter. I'm on Twitter too much. Um, somebody said, somebody said, uh, oh, you know, over not overranked, but you know, just overhyped like usual or whatever. And somebody made a great comment. They said. They said they don't have a team or and they won't make it to a final four. So they're like, well, they don't have a team in the top 10. So technically they don't have a final four caliber team. Well, was the, AP, the AP poll doesn't really determine. Know, like, but I'm just saying, yeah. I understand that. But I mean, to, to be like, oh, nobody will make the final four. Well, the best team's number 11 right now. So let's. Yeah, uh, Indiana 11, Michigan State is 12th, Illinois 16th, Maryland 23rd, Purdue 24th, Iowa 25th. Um, what happened to Michigan? I thought they were ranked. Yeah, dang. Uh, Unfortunate. You know, they got destroyed by Arizona State, and then they Ohio probably should have lost to Ohio. Almost beat them. Yeah, they got to figure some things out. It's pretty much Dickinson versus the world, and they can't really defend it like they could the last yeah. couple. I'm sure they'll be fine. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Maryland's been impressive. I know I don't – I mean, they played Miami and uh, and uh, somebody else that I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Miami and who else did they beat? Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't really think Maryland's going to be, you know, that great at the end of the season. I feel like – yeah, they played Miami and St. Louis. Those are impressive wins. Possible tournament team, <laughs> tournament team that they yeah, beat them up. Yeah, you think St. Louis is amazing. So. I'm not that high on them this year like I usually am, but whatever. Go ahead. Uh, Michigan State, obviously impressive with with uh, that schedule. I mean, Villanova almost came back and beat them in that game, but they did beat Villanova. The Kentucky win is good, but it's also like Shibway was fouled out. Kentucky's yeah. been super unimpressive. Like I don't think Calipari is even coaching them. Like the way that they run that team makes no sense. And damn, what a shame that Antigua and Chin Coleman had to leave. Oh man, 
<laughs> Such a shame, guys. You couldn't even get out of the first round last season. Yeah. Uh, that was probably your biggest complaint about the AP, right, is that Kentucky was ranked better yeah. than Illinois. Ridiculous. I mean, Kentucky, I don't care who they play. They've looked like <clears throat> absolute dog bleep, and <laughs> they haven't shot the ball well against anybody except for their terrible opponents that they faced. So I'm not buying into this team at all, and I think Michigan will beat them on December 4th. You heard it here first. Anyway. Okay. Uh, biggest games of the week in the Big Ten you got coming up in 30 minutes while Louisville's not even going to get to 40 points against Texas Tech. They're at 37, which is pretty impressive given where they were uh, when we started this podcast. They were at 13. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're starting to turn it up now. They might they might even come back and win this thing. Uh, Ohio State-Cincinnati is coming up in Maui. Ohio State didn't look great against San Diego State. Um, San, Diego, San Diego State's really good. Yeah, but San Diego State's defense stinks. So if you're going to take it like early in the season right now, it's not what it should be. So if you're going to take advantage of them, the time is now. Steve says Rutgers will surprise people by at the end of the year. I feel like Rutgers has been on that train for a while. That's something that I, I always love to, to pull better. out. I like to be like, hey, Rutgers is good. Don't sleep on them. But I, I, I don't know. Then Illinois gets sure. beat by them every year. <laughs> Their offense is bad. Defensively, <sighs> they've been good, but they also lost to Temple. That's an ugly loss. And they don't have Geo and Ron Harper Jr. to fall back on. But yeah. they do have some good players. They just got to get healthy. Like McConnell hasn't really played very much. So if at all, I don't think he's played. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, then you have Dayton and Wisconsin tomorrow, 1.30, Battle for Atlantis. That'll be an interesting game. Dayton's pretty good, uh, A-10 squad. Purdue, West Virginia, Thursday night, the Phil Knight Legacy Classic, whatever. Um, they're playing West Virginia. I don't know who's going to win that game. How's West Virginia uh, this year? I don't uh, not really good. I mean, pretty much I would say last season was <sighs> – well, they they stomped on Pittsburgh, you know. That's that was a big win for Michigan. Um, they really yeah. haven't played anybody. No, St. Mary's, I mean, Pittsburgh, Moorhead State, and Penn. They got Joe Toussaint, old uh, Iowa friend uh, of the Big Ten, right? We're gonna they find, got, uh, find out if they're any good. They're gonna play twenty four ranked Purdue and exactly. Zach Eady. They got uh, Trey Mitchell. Remember him? He almost went came to Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. He's a Texas last season. They got some transfers in there, but they also lost some Trey players. Trey Mitchell is at West Virginia now? Yeah. Yep. Is he playing this year? Because that seems illegal. Yep, he is. Did he his went, dad uh, get UMass, a new job? Or his stepdad? Or UMass, Texas, uh, West Virginia. But uh, they did lose Jalen Bridges to Baylor, and they lost Sean McNeil to – is Sean McNeil at Ohio State? White, white kid that can shoot. Did Ohio State have one of them? I think so. I think he's at Ohio Don't State. Don't they always have one of them? Yep, he's at Ohio State. Yep, uh, absolutely. They had uh, Lefty. What's his name? Aaron's. Yeah, Justin Aaron's. Uh, <laughs> Alabama, Michigan State, Phil Knight Legacy, 9.30 p.m. on Thanksgiving night. Interesting game here. I think Michigan State loses this game because I think when they start to actually have a target on their back and teams view them as a serious threat, they're going to get taken down. Evan says yes. I don't know why he's saying yes to I agree. <laughs> I think he was saying yes to uh, – Oh, yeah, what you were saying. Exactly. Sure. Uh, Iowa versus Clemson, 6 p.m. Friday, Emerald Coast Classic. So I don't think Clemson's any good, but I figured power versus power conference-wise. So yeah, toss them on there. Why not? And then obviously Illinois Lindenwood may be the game of the week in the Big Ten. Game of the week. All Illinois right, better win by sixty. Yep, I would hope so, or else I would honestly be willing to uh, get rid of Underwood and maybe even throw him on the uh, thin ice. Underwood, thin ice. <laughs> so there you go. You look like a two-year-old. <laughs> I look like a young fellow. Most surprising team start to the season, good or bad? In the Big Ten or in the country? We got to do in Big the. Ten. In the Big Ten, I would say surprising good has to be Maryland, right? Yeah. I would say surprising yeah. bad is probably uh, – well, nobody has right? a bad record. So, I guess – I mean, Michigan would be in that conversation. I would also say like um, – yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can even think of anybody else because I was going to be like Minnesota, but also Minnesota didn't have any expectations. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, – and I think Michigan State just because they nobody thought they were going to be like – competing against high level teams so both <clears throat> he says both 
Give them your NCAA too. Uh, in the country, surprising good. Probably Texas being as good as they are already. I think I thought they would be good, but they're like number one in Ken Palm in the best defense in the country. Yeah. Um, but also I would shout out the uh, the uh, you know that other team that I was thinking of. I thought, man, why is Tennessee only played three games? Uh, surprising bad. I mean, it's hard to not just be like uh, Syracuse or like I, – I don't think anybody really thought Syracuse would be good, but just they're just so bad. Um, defensively especially, they're horrible. <clears throat> but uh, I'll go Villanova as my surprising bad just because they lost the Temple. You know, they're, they're they 0-2 on the road, 2-0 and at home. Yeah. Nice. Sounds like Temple's beating a lot of people. Temple is a school. They, they – <laughs> They, they uh, play basketball there. They lost to Wagner. They beat Villanova. They lost to Vanderbilt. They beat Rutgers. They lost to St. John's. Win, uh, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Yeah. So they're going to beat Richmond tonight. So throw some money on Temple to beat Richmond. There you go. There you go. All right. The bet of the night. <clears throat> that is going to do it for us. We will return at a later date. Uh, when's the game after – when's the next game after Lindenwood? Tuesday, is it Syracuse right? Tuesday? Said, yeah. Syracuse Tuesday. And we were going to do a watch party for that if we can. So yeah. Let's uh, let's do Sunday or Monday. Yeah, I agree. We'll um, figure it out for that. Because uh, I'm busy Saturday probably. So. All right. We will see everybody after the Lindenwood game. Then we'll preview Syracuse. We'll see you next time for episode number 126. Goodbye. Later. <laughs>